Hey guys, welcome to another episode of How Did I Get There? In today's episode, we're speaking to a friend and entrepreneur, Abhinav Chha, in a very honest discussion, sharing what has led him through his ventures, cross industry, and breaking all stereotypes. Listen in. Welcome, Abhinav, to the podcast, How Did They Get There? Uh, do you mind quickly introducing yourself to our listeners? I do. I hate that question. <laughs> I, I, uh, well, I'm Abhinav. I am uh, extremely intimidated by your podcast, especially because uh, of its title. Yeah. Because there's this, uh, there's this huge pressure to justify to myself that I've actually reached somewhere worthwhile to be, ha- to be having this conversation. But yeah, very excited. Looking forward. Okay. So tell us a little bit about uh, what you do currently. Uh, what I do currently is basically, um, I feel like now the question has become, you know, what were you doing pre-COVID and what are you doing now? Uh, yeah, both yeah, are both fine. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, what I was doing um, pre-COVID was basically running two uh, businesses. One, um, a social innovation lab. Uh, the other, uh, quintessential hardcore manufacturing business supplying to the automotive industry. What's happened in the past three and a half, four months is that the manufacturing business is sort of getting back to track now as you know, the, the core sectors of the economy are opening up, things mm-hmm. like that. Um, the innovation lab is sort of in a limbo right now. And uh, to be honest, I'm quite enjoying that because <laughs> it's giving me, it's so I think uh, the best part about this time was that I didn't have an option to not question what we were doing. Yeah. You get that? So yeah. um, there was no excuse to not question, right? There was nothing happening. Yeah. And, um, you know, you, I mean, in our heads, all of our solutions are fantastic. So you get to this point where you have to figure out, ki bhai, uh, were things actually working or not working? I mean, yeah. were we looking at vanity metrics or actual metrics? I think that's been a very difficult but good conversation to have with mm-hmm. myself so uh, i mean that to cut a long answer short uh, running a, a manufacturing business and a social innovation lab and uh, one question that i've asked all my interviewees up to now is do you love what you do i found that so i you were very kind to share the questionnaire <laughs> i saw that question and it split my head um, cause I, I spent a lot of time thinking about that and you know, Nishant, I feel like, um, love has become this overused term nowadays. You know, you love everything from, uh, coffee to, a you know, soft toy to the work you do and yeah. everything beyond and between. And I think, uh, the best way to put how I feel about my work is that I feel fulfilled uh, mm-hmm. by my work. And I think uh, every day is basically, you know, the search for search for something more fulfilling to be able to do. Mm -hmm. So, you know, a lot of the conversations that we have, a lot of the random ideas that we discuss is basically, I think, um, you know, this idea of exploration and all of that. But for me personally, is a way of feeling more fulfilled by the work that I'm doing. That's how I feel. No, I think that's absolutely amazing. Um, and you know, you've uh, worked in social entrepreneurship. Uh, you 
were, you were leading your own manufacturing company. Uh, so there are very different domains, right? Um, and uh, it's not that, you know, you are just doing one. At many times you're doing multiple things as well. Uh, so what's led you uh, into these domains uh, considering, you know, you studied in UK uh, as well and you were going to do masters, but actually you stepped out of that. So you, you've yeah. gone through an exploration journey. Yeah. So, so well, you know this, the manufacturing thing sort of happened by accident. Yeah. Right. So um, um, that was something that just in a sense, in a sense fell from the sky. And uh, it was a situation where um, I, I think retrospectively, I could have said no. Mm -hmm. um, but at the time, it didn't feel like that, that was an option. Mm -hmm. And uh, so, you know, there, I mean, getting into a little bit of a background, there was this company was being run by some people. Uh, my family got involved as minority shareholders, realized the company was being, you know, rammed into um, whatever hard yeah. place they could find. Um, and um, the company was wanting for new leadership and new management. And somehow people thought that I could be that person. And I have no clue why. Mm -hmm. I still don't. Mm -hmm. um, but in, I mean, however it happened, it's, it's turned out to be interesting to do that. Mm -hmm. um, social entrepreneurship on the other hand was, I feel like, uh, I don't, I, I don't think I can outline a clear chain of events that led me there, but I think that, uh, that was something that was brewing inside for some time. Right. So right from college days. Mm -hmm. And, um, so that, that more took its time and this, Manufacturing stuff was like accidental and explosive. Yeah. Just randomly fell into the lap and had to be done. But it's an opportunity that you've taken on and you have delivered uh, on as well. Which is we've done, yeah, we've done pretty well. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I feel I feel very proud of um, my team and what we've been able to do. Yeah. Uh, quite simply because I mean you you've been <laughs> on the receiving end of the you know, heartache and the tears and the virtual blood flowing yeah. out of my eyes. Um, but, um, but yeah, I'm, I'm quite proud about, proud of what this team has been able to achieve. Right. So, you know, you've had a very diverse career path because uh, you look at, uh, I looked at your, in, your LinkedIn profile and it shows you, yeah. you, you've acted right during your college days, uh, going yeah. from there to act, you know, doing that, doing engineering, social entrepreneurships, you started your own company, Culture Collab, and then MPME uh, there as well. What has been the driving factor for you personally uh, to keep going? So firstly, uh, let me tell you, you, so you say that like, uh, I actually did any of that well. Uh, you were attaching this aspect of glamour to everything that I did, which I don't think is true. Um, but, um, but I think to answer your question, I think the primary motivation here was to not be bored mm -hmm. in all honesty. Yeah. I think, um, I think I, I became aware of the kind of privilege that I come from mm -hmm. pretty early on. Mm -hmm. I think, I guess it must've been very similar for you because, you know, we left school, um, left, you know, the bubble of Jim Shaper yeah. headed off and reached this place where, um, you know, na jaan na pehchan na tera mehman yeah. sort of situation. And, um, and you know, you had to fend for yourself and apni aukaat samaj mein aajati hai. Yeah. So, um, so I think, uh, and 
I mean, that sort of, you know, you get juxtaposed between your life back home and then your life here in this new place, in this new yep. country. And um, so that made it very clear to me what kind of privilege I come from. Mm-hmm. And I think at some point I told myself, I convinced myself that the only way to pay back for this privilege is to not do boring shit. Yeah. Like, like, you know, not, not having spent a year that I can't look back and say, Oh my God, that makes a good story. Yeah. Right. And I think that was the primary motivation through everything. Yeah. And all of the, all of the other stuff is like marketing, (laughs) you know, passion and, uh, you know, calling and all of that. But I think it was primarily, um, wanting to not be bored and then I mean looking for stuff where I could contribute and looking yeah. for stuff where I felt like you know the problem statement excited me yeah. but you know that is very interesting because not a lot of people have the courage to try that out as well uh, because a lot of people want to just follow a path uh, and especially you know from college onward it's very easy that coming from where we are right we get told that this is the path that everybody's following and that's where everybody we need to go yeah. to uh, but you know, especially when we look at, you might think that you not you might, you have not achieved a lot, but from an outsider's perspective, it's uh, you know it's, it's something that uh, everybody can learn from as well. So, you know, across different roles that you've been and the initiatives that you've taken, what did you have to do and what you continue to do to learn and adapt to meet the demands? Yeah, I think there's a there's a good argument for you know skills and adaptability as a skill, mm-hmm. and um, being open to new ideas and stuff like that. But I think uh, one of the things that has helped me is picking up problem statements that challenge me. Mm-hmm. I think even with even with uh, MPME, you know, it being a manufacturing company and a small enterprise, and um, had truckloads of shit to deal with, you mm-hmm. know. Um, but I think, I think at every point, it was important for me, um, with respect to myself as well as the entire team, mm-hmm. to be able to define a problem statement that challenged us, mm-hmm. you know. And um, just today over LinkedIn, you know, I was having a chat with someone who was talking about how do you inspire people, and they had some fancy quote and all of yeah. that on it and I don't know shit about inspiring people yeah but I know that I have a core team of eight I have an employee base of over 60 people Mm -hmm. uh, that need to be managed and we're all you know heading towards one goal but I feel like um, for people to want to do more including myself for me Mm -hmm. to want to do more I should be looking at a problem statement that challenges me Mm -hmm. and keeps me on my toes and you know, doesn't let me cower in my comfort zone. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that was key because, I mean, when we, when we came to the company two and a half years back, we, we realized very quickly we were in a market that was highly saturated. Mm-hmm. We were working with a product that had very low differentiation. Mm-hmm. Um, there was, the market was extremely price sensitive as most, you know, products um, are in India. Uh, or the market in India is for most products. And we were competing with uh, companies who'd been around for decades. Yeah. So, um, I mean, it would have been easy for us to sort of um, 
लुक एट दीज प्लेयर्स एंड थिंक अच्छा ऐसे ही होता है यू नो बिकॉज वेल ये लोग 20 साल से कर रहे हैं हम कौन से तोप पैदा हुए हैं अंदर वी डू इट समथिंग यू नो वी डू इट इन अ डिफरेंट वे बट आई थिंक फॉर अस टू डिफाइन दैट प्रॉब्लम स्टेटमेंट एंड से नहीं मतलब वी वी कांट गो दैट वे बिकॉज़ वी डोंट वांट टू बिकम दैट या वी वांट टू बी समवन एल्स यू नो और वी वांट टू चार्ट अ जर्नी सिमिलर टू देयर्स एक्सेप्ट वी वांट टू डू इट इन टू एंड हाफ इयर्स इंसटेड ऑफ 30 इयर्स दैट दे आर टेकिंग सो देन यू नो दैट्स अ प्रॉब्लम स्टेटमेंट दैट यू कांट शाय अवे फ्रॉम यू नो यू कांट come back home and chill about it mm-hmm. you have to be on your toes so i think that was key great and one more question i'll ask you in this round is um, you know you first start were working in a startup uh, and you worked in other companies um and obviously the culture there is very different right and the culture that you're trying to set up there was very of innovation and then you step into a traditional industry like manufacturing uh how did you or uh, or basically how have you managed to you know bring some of those learnings uh, to your current role with a lot of pain <laughs> um, i think um, it wasn't a question of whether those you know that culture and that yeah feeling of being part of a young company that's growing and uh, you know the kind of things that you take granted for yeah um, uh, for granted in a startup um it wasn't a question that those things needed to be here mm-hmm. but like you said it was a very traditional manufacturing company 90% of the workers that we were working with were you know had existed before we got yeah. involved in the company so not only was it about bringing or developing a new culture but also molding these people from the old culture to the new culture mm-hmm. uh i don't i don't know if there's an easy answer to this but um it took a lot of effort it took a lot of time <laughs> yeah yeah it took a lot of patience um but i think i think at the end of the day it was uh, a lot of it had to do with me um being okay with things not happening as quickly as i wanted them mm-hmm. and i think um because i felt like you know why wouldn't you want to work in a culture that makes you feel more passionate about the work yeah. you know why wouldn't you want to do things that way yeah and um, for the longest time i used to bang my head against the wall thinking look you nahi samajh rahe yeah you know why aren't they doing it this way um but i just realized that people need to be shown a better way of working and people need to be given the time to experience it for themselves mm-hmm. right and people need to be shown that this is a choice for you right maybe your way is better yeah but can we try this out and if you like it we continue whichever way you like yeah yeah and luckily i mean over time people just moved great no i think that's uh, the great experience that you know i'm sure that other people can learn from trying to do some of the stuff So you know moving to the second section uh, of interview uh, is there a book that you have most given as gift or one to three books that have most inspired you the book i most gifted to people is the little prince that you got yeah. a copy of yeah. um it is my most favorite book in the world so and uh, i i gifted to everyone i care about yeah so um yeah 
It's, it's, I mean, I think, I think it's, you don't need to read anything else. Just read the little <laughs> print that you set for life. Right. Now, um, you know, is there a failure uh, or an apparent failure that has set you up for later success uh, or a favorite failure of yours? Yeah, I've, so I was thinking about this question and I've, I was actually listing down so many failures I've had uh, over the past few years and it's um, quite a few, um, way more than any successes for sure. But you know, um, the interesting thing was that the year 2017 mm-hmm. was like the entire year was a failure for me. Okay. And um, I think I learned a lot from that year. Mm-hmm. And I think the biggest thing I learned from that year is that surviving is a success. Mm-hmm. Right. So, and I think that got me through the toughest times of this last assignment, MPME, mm-hmm. uh, because I mean, on most days, it was a fight for survival. Yeah. Right. And I, I mean, I just, I just, I just knew that if we could survive, we would have succeeded. Mm-hmm. And I learned that through 2017, which was rock bottom for me. I mean, yeah. I had the worst possible breakup and, you know, I, I left an organization that I had given my heart to and you yeah. know, left all disillusioned and disappointed, moved closer to home, was working at a company I did not feel connected with. Yeah. Oh, shit. That entire year was shit. But just having survived that gave me a lot of confidence. So, yeah. Great. Do you have an unusual habit or an absurd thing that you love? Yeah, this is gonna this is gonna sound really dark, and I don't think I would have ever said this if it wasn't you. Yeah. Um, but I have this fascination for graveyards. Okay. I find a way to. Um, this is gonna sound so wrong. Um, I uh, uh, I find a way to get to a graveyard wherever I am. Yeah. Um, and uh, just, I don't know, I have this thing about letting it mm, settle into me. Okay. You know, just the, just the I have no idea why. I, okay. I, think, I think it has something to do with the fact that um, I would like to be very aware of my mortality. Yeah. And maybe that's why I seek it out. Yeah. But I don't know. It's a very weird sort of morose fascination. So I don't generally talk about it. Uh, I think that counts as absurd. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, You know, you've been in the startup space and you've been in the manufacturing industry. Um, Is there a stereotype that you hear uh, or a bad advice uh, that you see given uh, in your profession, in your domain or something that you've just seen, you know, going through different uh, roles? Yeah, so many. Mm -hmm. So many stereotypes, so much advice flying around, and because because you know I'm I'm working in two sort of very separate domains. Yeah, I see a lot of parallels. I'll see a lot of overlaps. I see a lot of extremes also. Yeah, Nishant, I feel like stereotypes are uh, a way for unimaginative people to put down imaginative people. Mm-hmm. You know, people who who are willing to question yeah. people who are willing to um, step out of the line. Yeah. Um, people who are willing to make a fool of themselves. Uh, these people are very threatening uh, 
two incumbents in the system mm-hmm. and i think those incumbents use those stereotypes to put these people down mm-hmm. and that's i mean that's something that i've seen across the spectrum across my work experience yeah and it's sad i mean i wish it wasn't true yeah i mean something as simple as age yeah yeah you know if i go to the startup world i'm too old if i am in the manufacturing world i'm too young <laughs> i mean what <laughs> and you know you you get uh, busy days i mean you spend working weekends working on these different opportunities uh, what do you do when you feel overwhelmed or unfocused to bring back that focus yeah so i've uh, i've struggled with this a lot um, but uh, what i actually do is i disappear okay and i think uh, yeah this shouldn't come as a surprise to you um, <laughs> i so earlier i used to face a lot of i used to feel a lot of guilt for yeah. doing that yeah uh, for disappearing yeah but what i realized was um, for good or bad mm-hmm. i had come into this sort of rhythm of um intense involvement intense yeah. engagement and then complete withdrawal yeah and um i realized that when i started accepting this withdrawal as something that i needed and something yeah. i was okay with um my friends accepted it yeah um and were okay with the fact and understood that okay yeah chal bhai tu pagal hai tere ko samay chahiye tu le le um so when that happened um, i started being more um comfortable with this yeah. entire idea and it really helps me it really mm-hmm. helps me to uh take a week or two off mm-hmm. uh disappear from all you know digital connectivity and social yeah. media and all of that uh, however little i'm on um but and that and that sort of i think something or the other during that time pushes me back into yeah. focus okay and so so that's how it works is there anything specific you do when you are you disappear yeah i just i just go with the flow okay um and so, so the most interesting thing happened when the lockdown was declared in india yeah um and you know i was so a few days after the lockdown when it actually sank in that okay this this is actually happening okay. yeah um i was sitting and thinking about how the universe had played a weird trick on me because earlier for me to um uh take time off i had to battle a lot of excuses yeah. you know okay so if i take time off what happens to the production problems yeah. what happens to the sales problems yeah. what happens to the, to the maintenance issue we are facing you know what happens to the market situation mm-hmm. and suddenly i was in this situation where none of that could matter mm-hmm. you know the factory was shut there was no way to run it yeah. so there was no production problem no sales problem no maintenance problem whatever you thought you couldn't have done anything about it yeah and um i think that is when i was able to teach myself how um to let my let my mind flow with whatever it wanted and um, you know taking a few days off and then uh, somehow interestingly what that led to is uh, me reading more about finance and uh, economics and then by the end of it the 
the thing that pulled me back into focus was I started writing a, a white paper on finance and economics. Mm -hmm. So, and then sort of, you know, that sort of got me back into work. Okay. So, so I guess just, you know, just whatever works at that time. Yeah. Great. Uh, you know, knowing what you know today, uh, if you had an opportunity to instruct your younger self something, what would that be? Do everything exactly the way you did it, just uh -huh. with a little bit more courage. Okay. I, I feel like um, there were some decisions I should have taken earlier mm -hmm. because I knew, you know, it was the right decision to take, but I was, I was scared, shitless. Mm -hmm. So it took me longer, but. Uh, and, uh, you know, in the current times uh, of COVID, uh, we've got students who are graduating uh, now and people who are getting laid off uh, globally and they are looking to either pivot careers, you know, pivot industries uh, or upskill themselves uh, as well. Uh, what would be your advice if they were looking to get into, you know, the domains that you are familiar with? Firstly, to the graduates and then to somebody who's looking to pivot career. And yeah, the situation is so weird and uncertain right now that I, yeah. I really don't know what kind of advice would work. Um, and I don't want to presume that I'm in a position to be able to give advice. But I, I do know that one thing that has worked for me is that I listen to everyone and follow no one. Mm -hmm. So, uh, you know how, you know, there are two extremes of advice that yeah. we usually get. One is, you know, go to, go find your mentor, and, you know, your coach. Yeah. And on the other end is listen, you know, forget about advice and don't, yeah. you know, don't listen to anyone, do what your heart says and all of that. What I've come to realize is that I listen to everyone. And then I'm able to pick and choose what I think works for the particular situation that I'm in. Yeah. And I run with it. Yeah. So um, listening to people is extremely important for mm -hmm. me because there's, there's a lot that I've learned, um, which I've sort of written in the book also. Yeah. Um, there's a lot that I've learned from just talking to people mm -hmm. and having conversations and which is why I have this, I have this huge passion for having, you know, intellectually stimulating conversations. Um, but the important thing is that none of that advice has come with boundary conditions mm -hmm. that um, this advice needs to be followed exactly according to these parameters yeah. in this situation. Right. So, um, so yeah, just, I mean, listen to as many people as you can, but don't think that anyone has a path that you can follow mm -hmm. step by step. Yeah. You got to build your own thing. Right. Uh, I think that's uh, some real useful advice of enough as well. I'm sure the listeners are going to, you know, uh, take that on. Uh, so, you know, we've discussed about what your journey has been like and, you know, some of your views and stuff. Uh, and you've discussed about how you got up to here, right? Where do you want to get to from here? Yeah, I, so honestly, Nishant, I want to get to a place where um, I'm able to build solutions at population scale. Mm -hmm. I think that's something that I crave to do and I know that I don't know how to do it. Mm -hmm. I know my own limitation. I know my own um, failure at being able to do that. And I really want to get to that place. Great. 
No, I think that's uh, that is interesting. That's something that I've been pursuing quite a lot. To uh, if I have an idea, how can I quickly make it real uh, instead yeah. of just thinking about it? Uh, and I've personally been working on frameworks that allow me to actually make that happen uh, as well. So it it is getting there, but it's still very slowly. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. The, you know, scale scale is a fascinating concept. Yeah, um, you know, just um, and I think I think so. So I read this fantastic book yeah. um, called Scale by Jeffrey West, mm-hmm. um, and it's interesting because it's not about scaling. You know, there's the Reid Hoffman book, Blitz yeah. Scaling. It's not that aspect. Yeah, it's about what happens at various scales. Yeah, is what Jeffrey West is talking about, mm-hmm. and from a very scientific perspective, not yeah. from an entrepreneurial or management perspective. Yeah, and it was fascinating because there were so many, like there are so few solutions in the world that actually operate at population scale, mm-hmm. right? And I have this new respect for. Um, uh, any solution that has been scaled to that mm-hmm. point. Um, so it's fascinating. It's, uh, I mean, it's, it's insanely complicated, Yeah. but uh, I think, uh, I think it's worth, you know, uh, exploring, which is why I get very excited about a lot of the technologies and solutions yeah. that you're talking about. Yeah. Because I feel like um, they can definitely work at scale. Mm-hmm. So no, no, I think it's been uh, great speaking to you uh, and you know listening to you as well. Uh, before we end, do you want to share any last thoughts? No. <laughs> I mean, um, no. I'm really happy that we uh, did this, and um, I I was very I was honestly very surprised when you sent me the invitation because, mm-hmm. uh, as I said, the the title is so bloody intimidating. Um, but I'm glad we did this. It was fun. No, I think it's been great speaking to you enough. I'm sure the listeners are going to enjoy this. Hey listeners, hope you enjoyed the episode. Would love to hear your feedback in the comments section. And if you enjoyed it, please subscribe.